All right, hello and welcome to Eat Sleep Code, the official Teller podcast. I'm your host, Ed Charbonneau, and with me today is Layla Porter from Layla Codes It. How are you doing, Layla? I'm really good, Ed. Thank you so much for inviting me on. It's a pleasure to be here with you all. So Layla is a developer advocate over at VMware, um, a Twitch streamer, an MVP, a GitHub star. I know I'm missing out on so many other accolades. Layla, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, so the, the, the latest one you needed to add on there was the founder of women of .net. Um, and, uh, which is very close to my heart. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it. I like C sharp. I haven't been doing much Twitch streaming though. I need to get back on that. I've fallen out of the habit and it's a real stamina thing to keep streaming for, and live coding for several hours at a time. And I, I just lazy. I'm sorry. Absolutely. So the, yeah. that's actually very topical because I, I need to kind of address this here. We haven't had an official quote podcast on Eat Sleep Code for a long time. Uh, matter of fact, that's the first time I've heard that intro music in probably nearly two years. So we've <laughs> we've had kind of a rocky road at like getting the podcast uh, back on track. Um, <clears throat> it got derailed originally due to some uh, family things that we had going on. And then COVID came. And like all travel stopped and I didn't get to conferences to like meet with people and talk to wonderful folks and say, Hey, I've got this show. We should do an interview sometime. So it just kind of got put on the back burner for a while. And John Bristow and I have been keeping it alive by doing news shows every week on Twitch. They don't translate well to a podcast. So I haven't really aired those on the podcast feed. So you are our first guest in like two years lately. I feel so honored. I'm just going to, I'm just popping out chat in case I, I need to chat to somebody. Yes. Like, and this is a new feature that we have on the podcast. So uh, for those of you listening and not watching, we are on Twitch doing this live. So we can actually take questions and answers, which is something that's brand new. So at least we're coming back with some something new to add. Yes. So I'm watching in case I, you know, can jump in there and answer something on chat. Um, but uh, yeah, well, that's cool that I'm I'm helping you restart the podcast. And uh, yeah, so uh, you know how it is to um, kind of get off track on these live shows and things, though. It's it's quite involved. Like um, I know you have a pretty big production that you do for your show you have some amazing like three-dimensional stages that you have on your twitch stream and all kinds of stuff and and of course you need content for all those shows too this is it it's um content is a really hard slog it's not something that just happens it's something that really has to be worked at and i think the the constant grind gets to a lot of people and you hear about it. It's prolific with YouTube content creators about having burnout because the algorithm never stops and it doesn't let you stop. Um, Twitch is just as harsh, which is why I never worry about numbers on, on Twitch because, you know, as soon as you stop for more than a week, everything's gone. Um, uh, And it is, 
it is just tough to keep it going and just to set up those virtual studios it takes a good 30 extra minutes rather than just going hey i'm gonna go live and uh with the virtual studios i have to make sure that the cameras are all lined up that all the systems on my machine are running effectively that i've amped up all the fans to protect my machine and uh yeah it, it it's not not straightforward and it, it is quite a big commitment to keep going and doing it and i think we might have missed a little bit here like of uh maybe why you're live streaming uh tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do layla oh okay so what do i do um i do very varied amounts of work to be honest and um, as a developer advocate at VMware Tanzu, I, I dedicate my time to .NET community and writing actual .NET stuff. People always ask me, but VMware does VMs. Well, Tanzu, which is a subdivision of, of VMware, is more about developer and infrastructure and, and like a cloud platform, really. And it's predominantly um kubernetes type stuff we have a lot of products built around deploying at scale uh so i've been really looking into since i joined nearly a year ago can you believe that i joined the end of june last year uh i, I i've been trying to focus more on the enterprise side of net development uh so i've been doing a lot of upskilling and learning um trying to write content, speaking at virtual conferences. Uh, and I've shared my virtual learning on Twitch. So I use that as my uh, kind of the monkey on my shoulder. Is that the right term? I could be totally misusing that to say, Layla, you must code. You must sit there and do your learning. So I turn that camera on and I sit down and I code with a live audience to make sure that I do it and I don't rage quit, which is quite common. <laughs> I think I've done that quite a few times myself. I think I, I think yeah. I originally rage quit Visual Studio the first time I opened it. It's so intimidating. Um, I also uh, rage quit my uh, Photoshop uh, the first time I opened it because it's too intimidating. <laughs> but I always came back. I think that's the important part is you got to come back. Yes. Um, I may or may not have uninstalled some of these things at one point, just out of frustration and come back as well. I usually just end up swearing at my computer. So I try not to swear on stream. Uh, they, they occasionally slip out. Uh, and then I, I, I just, sometimes I just need to walk away. Now I've learned that I don't rage quit what I'm doing. I just switch stuff. Uh, yes, Thindle, I see. Uh, I rage quit 3D Studio Max and opened it again. I rage quit it again and gave up on 3D. <laughs> so, yeah, a little comment from chat there. That hits close to home. Uh, I did that yes. as well. Uh, first time I looked at 3D Studio Max, I bailed on it. Uh, I've not used that. I didn't use Blender. And, oh, my goodness. It's all, like, I have lists of shortcut commands because everything is reliant on your memory of shortcut commands. I'm like, I don't know how I'm supposed to do this. Um, and modeling is quite tedious. I followed a tutorial on how to model a human 
and I gave up halfway around the head. <laughs> that is one of the probably the hardest things I think uh, to 3D model is a human being. Um, I, I kind of have this belief that uh, if you're doing any kind of art or design, when you're when you're doing that kind of work, uh, doing anything that's IRL, like you know, representation yeah. of real life is much harder. Uh, just because everybody has a context of what that thing is, if you go abstract, then you know it's hard for somebody to judge whether it's good or bad because it's something they've never ever seen before. So yeah. you know, if you're doing like a little spaceship or something that's from your own you know universe you planned, that's one thing. If you try a human, they're like, yeah, I've seen one of those before. That's not it. <laughs> that is so not right. I always get this. Um, I know the anatomy of horses and how they move really well and when I'm playing video games and they have a horse that the character rides I'm looking at this thing and like did you not even look at a horse did you just think about oh I saw a pony at the beach when I was five and this is what it looked like and this is how it moved I get very mad at, at the way horses are modeled and programmed to move it's pet peeve pet peeve it's like someone hacking software in a movie yes <laughs> like that's not how any of this works it's not and it's also readable like hacking mainframe right now <laughs> no that's not what happens i'm sure it's a lot of tedious like oh i'm gonna try that tap <laughs> so I'll, I'll try to keep this topical because we're, we're veering off topic but it's a good topic um, you have a you have a partner that does some of this type of work and builds some of the sets, the three D modeled sets for your. Uh, your I Twitch do. Uh, so uh, Jim, uh, known to quite a few people on Twitch as Silicon Orchid, uh, he is, he used to be a web developer, and he's who I learned web development from. And he got fed up with the constant grind and the crud, and he switched to Unity development. And he does that uh, full time now. And he's sort of waving goodbye to web development, uh, which is annoying because I want to discuss something about web development or some new thing in .NET. And I'm like, Jim, can you help? And he's like, N no, I don't know any of that anymore. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> frustrating uh, but I've started to learn a little bit of unity as well so that I can help him I had some time off in March and the whole two weeks I, I sort of worked on that area and that's where I tried blender and doing some 3d modeling um, but I much prefer doing the unity side of things uh, and actually doing the game development so he built the virtual studios that I have in Twitch completely in unity and using the Twitch lib, which is a wrapper for the Twitch API to make it completely interactive with uh, chat and, and things like that. So it's very cool. And they were sort of his precursor to uh, learning how to do games. Um, he and I actually worked on a, a Windows Phone game back in, I think, 2012, perhaps it was, back when it was Windows Phone 7, I get. So long ago now, I don't know when Windows Phone 7 was a thing. It could have been 2011. And um, that actually got featured on the Windows Phone store 
right there with Angry Birds and Fruit Ninja, if oh, wow. that is kind of like a uh, dating it. So we've got pictures of it featured on the, the feature page uh, with pipes swept away right there with Angry Birds. So that's pretty cool. That is pretty awesome. Uh, <clears throat> I remember the Windows Phone days. I, I still wish that was a device that I could go back and buy again. No, yeah. it, maybe it's a .NET developer thing because it's a Windows phone. I don't know, but it, it seemed like the UI was ahead of its time. It it was. I I quite liked the tiles and and those things. I had a I had a Windows phone back in two thousand and seven. I I imported an HTC from Hong Kong via eBay, and it came with windows on it and i had a little stylus it was the slowest thing ever but that was well before the tiles and metro or whatever it was um so i quite i quite liked that and then it, it it's just a nice streamlined user interface and i think they were the first oled um phones as well uh, jim had a nokia and it was an OLED, and I just remember looking at it and going, oh, wow, those blacks are pretty, pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, what about this new folding surface phone thing? What about that? I don't know. I, I'm very skeptical of any phone now <laughs> that Microsoft puts out because of the early demise of the Windows phone. So uh, I'm, I'm skeptical of most of their hardware, even though I own two surfaces. Um, <laughs> It, you know, a, lo a lot of that has to do with what will IT approve more than it does uh, what is your personal preference. So uh, I'm pretty happy, though, with the uh, Surface Studio laptop. That, that's been a nice device. Um, I was skeptical because my, my Surface Book 2 kind of went berserk after one of the updates they did to the firmware. So I was always kind of hesitant to get another Surface device, but it was like that or a Lenovo something Ooh. or other cheap, you know, you could see the pixels if you look hard enough type of device. Oh. Like, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not in the market for one of those. I'd really actually like a nice device when I'm presenting, you know, to an audience that uh, doesn't look cheap and is going to yeah. run all my my. Android VMs and things that I might have running in the background and not be sluggish. So. You need a little bit of oomph to it. I have the very first Surface, uh, not the NT or whatever it was, the one that were, was only apps. I had the one that ran full Windows. Um, it must be Windows XP, I'm thinking. I have it in the drawer beside me uh, and it's quite the brick. And it had the detachable keyboard and the stylus on it. And it was quite thick, like a very thick iPad. Uh, so I still got that. And it still runs. Uh, and it's a nice device. But I didn't go with any of the, the surfaces after that. So it appears that both of us are into old hardware. Other <laughs> <laughs> than that... Um, I know I know you've been working on a new project called Women of .NET. I have. Uh, yeah. Why don't we talk a little bit about that? Of course. Uh, so I sat on the board of the .NET Foundation 
from 2020 to 2021 uh, when they rebooted the board of directors. Uh, so I was on that first new board. And I joined because I hope to make a difference with uh, women in the community because .NET is A, I think an aging community and B, a, a male dominated community. And I don't mean that in a detrimental way at all. It just, it's just how it is. It's a fair assessment, um, right? Yeah. Um, so I was hoping that I, I could be able, able to make more of an impact. And it was too confined for me to do the things that I wanted to do. Uh, so I left, oh my goodness, we have a raid. Um, so I decided to drop out of uh, the foundation when my term was up. And then uh, I decided to create the Women of .NET initiative. And uh, from that, I've started to grow it. It started off because I wanted to make a profile page, uh, like a, a listing of all the women uh, who are speakers. And this is anyone that identifies as a woman, uh, as a woman, not multiple women in one body. I, I'm sure that's okay too. Um, so anyone who identifies as a woman, uh, we we welcome and wanted to celebrate and make it a place where meetups and conference organizers could go and see uh, what the women in the community are offering to speak about. Uh, so I made the profiles there and we've got I have a fair few women on there now. I work with um, your teammate, Alyssa, on my leadership committee. And we have several women from Microsoft on the .NET team that actually are on uh, Jeff Fritz's team, uh, as well as some other women uh, around the world from in the community. And we're just trying to grow it uh, and trying to get more women involved. I think it's just an awareness game at the moment. Uh, but it, we're very ally friendly. Um, uh, and I think it's really important to stress that. I, I'm adverse to groups that are only women. Um, and that may sound weird when I talk about a women of .NET initiative, but I, I mean where they don't want the involvement of our allies. And I'm, I'm, I'm adverse to that kind of situation. Uh, I don't think we can isolate communities from other communities or make subsets within the communities that are isolated. I think we all need to work together and have a focus. And that's what I hope from the women of .NET. There's a focus on the women in the community because the survey results from the .NET Foundation survey of uh, 2020 was I think around 2% of the community who I responded to the survey identified as a woman. And that was just too low. Uh, so I, I just want to make it a place where, um, well, you've got daughters, Ed. If mm -hmm. your daughters looked at a list of speakers or community members and it was peppered with the odd woman, uh, she may feel that that's not the place for her. But if she sees a site where there's lots of women from all backgrounds, um, they all look different, they all have distinct personalities, uh, maybe she could see a place for her in that community. And that's why... I want it so that we can nurture the, the upcoming generations and say, yeah, there is a place for you. You you do fit because everybody's welcome. You don't have to be um, 
look a certain way or be a certain way. Uh, you can be you and still be welcome. So that's really what I wanted from it. Yeah, I really um, like the sentiment of your initiative there to allow uh, people that are, like you said, allies to come in and help and um, help promote, help, you know, maybe speak at an event or coach yeah. or mentor, those type of things. Um, I think a lot of uh, a lot of groups try to do this type of thing without the ally part, like you said, and they end up becoming the very thing that they're trying to, you know, uh, rally against. And yes, I think that's uh, it's a tough, you know, tough nut to crack. But I think you're you're headed in the right direction. You have the right mindset. Yeah, I'm. We're not going to get everything right. Uh, and I think it's important to realize that um, when you're trying to build a new part of a community, you can't please everyone all of the time. And there are going to be mistakes made. Uh, but I think it's just understanding that that happens, learning from it, not beating anyone up for it, and just moving on and trying to not make those mistakes again uh, and and do things differently and, and progress and grow. I think that's all we can do. So, you know, that, that's what I'm trying to do and, and move forward. And I have a, a great team of women and allies all, all wanting to work towards the same goal of, of increasing the number of women in the community and making sure that it's a welcoming event. Um, one of the things we've got is coming up is a workshop in a box. So, um, if anyone wants to run a women of .NET day in their meetup. Uh, we're hoping that you can just come to the site. Uh, we'll give you all the tips for how to plan it. We'll give you the workshops to run and you could just run a day. Uh, so those are the types of things that we want to, to do to help uh, people help the, their own small communities, their local communities, and grow those by putting on fun events that encourage um, girls and, and women who haven't thought about doing .NET, maybe they've been in another tech stack, maybe they've never coded before, um, but we want them to, to be encouraged to come and try .NET so we can make sure that we've got new generations and fresh blood coming into, into the community. Yeah, that's, uh, <clears throat> that's a great outlook on you know, trying to keep the community fresh. Uh, I have a good friend of mine who has done something similar in the front end uh, web development space, uh, Jen Looper. Uh, she she helps run and founded uh, uh, Front End Foxes. And yeah. It's had some great success there. So it sounds like you're, you're two very like-minded uh, individuals. So uh, I wish you as much success as she has had. Um, I should maybe have a chat with her then. Yeah, I could help you set that. I could help set that up. Uh, that would be fantastic. To Jen before, um, I could connect you to. Uh, she, yes, she's absolutely that would be fantastic. Um, she's working over at Microsoft now. Yes, I. On I think like on the Windows platform was it? I thought I do follow um, her on Twitter. I can't last, remember. Last time I spoke with her, she was working in uh, with the cloud developer advocate group. Um, uh, sure exactly yeah. what her her role is these days uh quite a few folks i know over there they change things up quite a bit so 
Yes, I think it's quite they they mix mix it up a lot quite often. Uh, so. Speaking of friends, I have at Microsoft. I just want to thank Jeff Fritz for the raid. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, we're on Twitch, and a raid is when you kind of uh, forward all your your users from your channel to another. So thanks for that. Appreciate that. Uh, we were just getting caught up on uh, Layla's project, Women of .net. Uh, so how can folks get involved with Women of .net? Find out more about it, that sort of thing. Uh, so you can check out the website, which is womenof.net, and uh, you can come and see. There's all the profiles there, so if you are looking for a speaker for your meetup, maybe you can go and have a look at the speaker profiles and say, oh, here's someone speaking about Maui. We would love a talk on Maui. Uh, and they may also be in your area. We're trying to implement a region filter. Uh, we just need to update uh, the profiles with regions. We've got the filter there, but no one's got the regions on their profiles. Uh, but I'm sure everyone would be happy to do virtual, at least if the time zones all work out. So you can check out womenof.net. If you want to be more involved, we have a Discord server as well. Uh, we are slow building a new community, so don't expect to come into the Discord server and find it a bubbling hive of activity just yet. These things take take time, but the more people that come in and, and start to build it, the more activity and sense of community we'll have. I, I'd also like to do some tech talks on, on the Discord server. Uh, so sort of closed in there where people can talk about things. We've had um, requests to speak about difficult matters as well in an open manner. Uh, so, you know, how to cope with things in the workplace and, and, and stuff like that. So different tech related or so I guess the um, the social side of being a developer and, and working in, in, in developer jobs. So all sorts of things. So come and hang out in the in the Discord server and help us build the community from there. And tell people. That's a big thing. Tell people. <laughs> I will definitely share those links um, in chat here at the end of the show and anything else that happens to come up. Uh, and you, you talked about uh, this helping, you know, conferences, find speakers and things like that. I know you're working on organizing some conferences, um, helped uh, speak at one of those earlier this year. Do you have anything coming up that uh, we can chat about? Um, so you're speaking about .NET Beyond, uh, where you were um, a host, which was uh, great. That was VMware's very first .NET focused event, um, which was fantastic. It was two days in virtual. Uh, I love organizing events. Uh, I'm a bit of a planner and a plotter. I, I'm working again with your teammate, uh, Alyssa, for um, some women of .NET related workshops are at DevReach actually. Uh, so uh, I will be there, Ed, and uh, hopefully that. Uh, and then various, various conferences around Europe and the Americas. Uh, it's still quite weird to be going out in person, I have to admit. Um, so I've done one conference in person, which was last week and a, an internal 
workshop, well, a VMware workshoppy thing was it a couple of weeks ago in Chicago. So that was my first international travel for more than two years. Um, yeah, so it's weird. I'm, I'm trying to go easy on it because it's, it's strange to be out in the big wild, wide world again. Yeah, um, I've done a couple in-person conferences this year and it's still it's, it's getting there, but it's not the same. I can't wait till things feel normal again, but uh, it's at least a step in the right direction. So the first one uh, I did in person was in Atlanta way early or late last year, I believe. But it was uh, during that lull in the, the COVID yeah. uh, wave where we thought we were over this thing. And then like <laughs> this was like pre-Delta, I guess, like in between uh, the, that, that period. And it was like, okay, we're back to normal. And everybody is, you know, still wearing masks at the conference. And it was uh, not a whole lot of dinners and things going on. And then we got hit by the next wave and it's like, oh, okay. So all this is you know, just not going to happen. And then many months later, I went to, to another in-person event and it was much more normal. Uh, things, you know, we weren't re really wearing masks and things like that. But still like around eight o'clock, it was like tumbleweeds. Like nobody was around. It's so weird. It's like usually at a conference after the, the show's over, everybody meets up, we have dinner, we chat, uh, you have the hallway conversations and it was like empty hotel. Like wow. nobody's, nobody's anywhere. It's like, nobody's going to dinner. Uh, we, we held like a little bit of a, a bowling party and everybody bailed out like extremely early. I was like, what's going on? And it's like, everybody's still skittish. They don't want to, you know, have that many people around, I guess at once. So it's going to take yeah. some getting used to. Um, NDC London last week, that was three conference days and then two workshop days. And I decided just to go down for the one day that I was speaking. Um, I didn't feel comfortable to go for all of the days, but it from the photos I saw, it was looking pretty normal. Um, which by normal, I mean during the keynote, with Richard Campbell, I didn't see any masks in the audience. I saw photos from the exhibition hall and no masks. When I went, I was wearing a mask and I was very much in the minority there. And uh, they had parties and dinners and pub crawls and all sorts of things. And I personally wasn't comfortable with that, which is why I just went for the one day, but it, it did feel like it, it was what COVID. Uh, so that was, that was interesting and hard to get my head around, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I think it'll take a while for everybody to find their own pace of what they feel is acceptable and normal again. Um, it's, it's kind of weird. Like uh, we, we've got, I, I work from home, so I don't, I don't go out very often. Um, and like I, me. I had, yeah. <laughs> I, I've had somebody uh, here doing work on the house uh, outside, outside, mind you, um, and somehow through just having someone outside and us interacting outdoors many feet apart, uh, we, we managed to get some kind of head cold, flu, COVID, whatever it is. And, oh, my uh, goodness. Yeah, me, the guy and his coworker are all sick. It's like, 
Yeah, I you know, it's this isn't like we're in a crowded space. <laughs> we're following, you know, the outdoor rules, uh, and still we end up with with some kind of crud. So, ew. It's just like people are, you know, if there's people, there will be these things. It's, I don't know. This is it. You, you forget what it was like pre COVID that you went out and you got a sniffle um, or, or you'd be on a plane. You could not travel on a plane without some kind of ailment afflicting you when you got off it, whether it was a scratchy throat. Yeah, this is it. Or like a sniffle. Uh, going into the office, if someone comes in and has a like a coughing fit, then two days later, five more people have it. And and I think we've just had this fear of illness drummed into us for the past few years. Uh, that we're like, oh my god, I've, I've got a sniffle. I've caught something. Someone transmitted a disease to me. Uh, and really, that's what we've had all our lives. It's just that this yeah. one happened to be more deadly um and much scarier but yeah none of those other things have gone away those those sniffles and sore throats well we'll get back we'll get back eventually uh so you're coming to boston for dev reach i am i'm so excited i've never been to boston and uh i'm i've already been promised a tour by a friend who lives in boston uh, I get to hang out with you. I get to meet Alyssa in person because I've met you in person. Um, I nagged you for a T-shirt many, many years ago at NDC London. I was like, give me a T-shirt. I like this cool T-shirt with ninjas on it. And you're like, okay, go away. <laughs> go back to your booth. Yes. Take your shirt Go back you. to that booth. We were booth neighbors, weren't we? And uh, but I've not met uh, Alyssa and and that would be cool to be there and it sounds like you've got such an amazing lineup coming together as well from the little tidbits i've heard um so i'm excited about that i'm hoping to get into ndc oslo i hope so because we've got a women of .net lounge at ndc oslo uh, so I, I should be going <laughs> Uh, and then I've got various other speaking engagements over the year. Uh, it was really hard uh, because you have to submit several months in advance and knowing if they're, if you're going to get accepted. Or, well, if you get accepted, are you going to be able to travel? So that's quite, quite scary. Uh, not scary, just up in the air, I guess. Yeah, when I did Star Trek, they, they asked for videos because they, they did do hybrid uh, for one, but then the the other part of having a video of your talk was if for some reason you can't come, they, you know, they've got a backup plan. That's uh, a great idea. It was a, a great idea. Um, I think they had, they said they had about 80% participation in that. So they, they pretty much told you it was required, but still some people didn't make the videos. Uh, you know, yeah. some speakers can be divas. I am not going to name them. We don't know any speaker divas, do we, Ed? No, no. no. I did submit a video, They're so mythical. it wasn't. I will, I will say that. <laughs> but um, um, I actually got a lot out of making the video. So, um, you know, and of course, this is a little more routine for me than most people probably too. So you got to think about that as well. 
uh, I'm a little bit familiar with the tools and all that. It's not outside of my normal daily activities. So I was happy to make it, and uh, it, it actually came in really handy because I, I don't normally practice my talks. People find that weird, but I don't. Um, and uh, I actually got to practice the talk, and one of the weird things, I feel like it came out better the first time, so I kept trying to live up to the video, and that was hard. Uh, but it gave me a good reference. So I, I like yeah. that part. So. I practice a lot. Um, I I practice sections. I will be walking the dog and I will be doing my intro. Um, I'll be eating a sandwich, going over my demo and live coding in my brain. As I, I do practice a lot, which means that when I do it, it's going to be it'll average out to be okay that's my you're go <laughs> you're talking about like mental practice though like you're you know mulling over things in your head like uh yeah talk about like physical practice oh, though i don't i don't like well. okay i don't get in front of a camera or a mirror or oh i don't do that no or, that's or even just like you know speak out loud anything oh i speak um, out loud to my computer i set a timer on um on my phone so i get the timer going and um i i do the whole thing i introduce myself i i, I do all my clickery things i practice how i transition from slides to code i practice the live code i tweak the order of things then by speaking out loud i'm like okay that needs to come before then and i refine it over a few different rehearsals i used to have to refer uh, rehearse the morning of when i first started speaking just so everything was crisp in my head um but i don't have that anxiety to have to rehearse just the morning of now that i've been doing public speaking for so long but yeah, I, I quite like a rehearsal. It lets me know roughly the timings as well. Uh, and so I like to pride myself on coming in right on on time. Mm -hmm. And so by multiple practices, I know where I speed up and can slow down to fit the timings. So I, I do like to do an actual physical speak out loud rehearsal, as well as the speaking to myself whilst I walk the dog. Yeah, I love to hear other people's... Uh routines on getting ready for the stuff because i <clears throat> you know and you probably feel this way too there's not like formal training on like you're gonna mm -hmm. go you you can actually get training on speaking in public but as a developer advocate you know like live coding and talking about code there's no like class for that maybe that's something i need to try like instruct people on how to do so. i don't know if i even could I wouldn't know where to begin but it's like i love to hear other people's take on like how they get set up and stuff for this um it's it's really a kind of a unique thing that we do uh, yeah sending live code and stuff it was really interesting um to learn how different people approach content uh like uh talk creation as well so i i worked with Alyssa on a keynote that we gave um a few months ago and so we had our planning meetings and Alyssa rocks up with a a document and and she's writing out paragraphs and and bullet points and i'm like what is this Alyssa? don't you know 
I start my talks with a slide deck and I put an idea on a slide and then add a new slide and I might get a, a cool slide deck, which inspires me to the shape of my talk. And we were like, oh, and so it's very interesting to co-present with someone to pick up some tips from them and, and share those ideas and yeah it was like wow you can you can do it this way you can write a document so yeah i'm i'm laughing i'm trying not to laugh into the microphone but i am laughing pretty hard here (laughs) because because this is my you know this is my coworker they work very closely with that you keep mentioning uh so uh Alyssa Alyssa nichol um you want to talk about things that are infectious this is like an infectious personality to be around uh she she will spread joy in uh just um i don't know energy into whatever you're doing and it's absolutely fantastic but as soon as you start talking like any kind of collaboration out <laughs> pops a drop box document oh my like goodness. out of nowhere a paper that's it <laughs> Dropbox paper, is that what it's called? Or paper? Yes. Paper. paper. Yeah. It and I comes never out know how like, to get to them. <laughs> it's like, boom, here's the link, and everything is going to be on this document. And uh, it's funny because neither one of us, like you, know, you you and I, Layla, did not talk about this going into the conversation. Like you just started saying, like, and there was a, a document, and I'm just like, yes, there was. <laughs> of, of course, there was, was a document. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll have to get. Uh, Alyssa on here and do an inter- interview with her because um, she's absolutely fantastic. She so is. much fun. And, and uh, uh, yeah. we, we could talk about um, maybe I should do it live at DevReach. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yes. Light.net rocks does it live. You can do this live. Yes. Just just talking to Alyssa. That, that would be a fantastic show. Yes. The energy. Maybe just yeah. to keep her in her chair, though. That's the thing, and focused, and at a at a live event. You know that that will be entertaining enough for me. Can can we all come and watch? Yeah, I, I think that I need to figure that one out. I need to set that up somehow. Yeah, uh, I've done I've done this at live shows before. That's why I said the the show's been on hiatus for too long with the with all this stuff going on. I used to carry a Blue Yeti microphone in my bag and just set it up at conferences and say, come talk to me. And uh, ahead of time, I'd, you know, or at the show, I'd find people. One of my uh, one of my friends that I, I talk to quite frequently, uh, Guy Royce, just fantastic community guy. Uh, literally, his name is Guy. Um, he, I met him at, at a conference, and I was, um, I was asking attendees, like, what was your favorite, uh, you know, session of the day and everybody kept saying guys session and i i hunted him down i was like people loved your talk Let, we gotta do a podcast and i think we sat down for like two hours and, and talked to each oh, other wow. and then we were like you know we should probably record something so <laughs> i think we talked for three hours that day um and uh, we've we've chatted each other up ever since so um i really have yeah. fun doing these things and your other colleague sam he i first met him at uh Svetak and I did a live broadcast with him type of thing for the Code It Live channel that was my first introduction to Code It Live I think uh so that was kind of like a 20 minute chit chat type thing so 
Yeah, you're all you're all carrying around your yetis. Yeah, we uh, we're a chatty bunch. No, we're a very very friendly team. Uh, you're an awesome. Got a great bunch. team. Um, I think uh, a lot of that has to do with uh, company culture. It was there before I joined. So uh, Todd England started the team. Uh, it feels like twenty years ago. Um, and uh, it's it's kind of evolved over the years, and uh, we've had ups and downs. And then um, Sarah uh, Fats, she's our uh, team lead now, and she is absolutely fantastic, and has put together an amazing team of people. Um, and we all get along and enjoy what we're doing, and uh, have a lot of fun doing it. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing you at DevReach, and uh, we'll have the whole team together to to do stuff in. Yeah, I love doing stuff with your team and hanging out and all the fun things you do. Um, and I, it always puts a smile on my face when I get that, hey, Layla, are you game to do this really random thing on Twitch? Yes, of course, because I get to do it with all of you. So um, I think you're very fortunate to have such an awesome bunch of people in your team. And uh, it shows. So that's pretty cool. So what are what are some of the insane things we've had you do? <laughs> you had me come on with a voice mod and wind you all up to try and persuade you to pick me for your team. That's one thing uh, that I remember doing. And did we pick you? Yes, you did. <laughs> I was your second choice, though, Ed. I'm never going to let you forget that. <laughs> That's why I asked. I knew I was coming. Yes, I knew it was eventually. coming again. <laughs> uh, so that was good fun. That was for Valentine's Day, I believe. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, we had to come up with some anti-Valentine's Day things, I think. I think yeah, that like was it. We made uh, that some was apps and stuff. Yeah, um, it was just chaos. And um, there's been a whole load of um... <laughs> uh, chat. Chat says Layla is at silver medal and nothing you know could be more true. Layla, you, you always have a place in my heart. Second place. <laughs> Second place. Yeah, I, I know that. That's fine. Uh, but but look um, who I picked to come on the show the first podcast in two years. Yeah, but who turned you down? <laughs> Four people, but that's okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, oh dear, four people. Uh -huh. yeah. And I believe it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I can't what else have we done? We've made some weird gingerbread house. Yeah. Uh, which was chaos. I had no idea where I had to try and figure out grid, and I was just like, I, I don't know. I don't know grid. No idea. That was that was some chaotic fun. Um, and there's been a whole load of other stuff where I've hopped on and I've done streams. I hopped on from a cabin in the middle of nowhere in Wales to chat to Alyssa about something she was stuck on with um, .NET and JS Guild in a .NET world. Um, I've, I've hopped on um, other streams to talk about fantasy novels um with you all um i think it's safe to say like crazy attracts crazy and uh yeah you know we we saw your stream and some of the things that you're doing and like yeah. uh i mean what are what are some of the the 
quote, quote, normal things that are happening on your stream. Like there's a graveyard. There's yep. uh, like Gordon Freeman popping out of the bushes in the back. Silent it rains, fingers. It rains dogs. Uh, it rains severed dog heads, not just dogs, severed dog heads. Um, we have um, chat falling from the sky. Uh, so chat visitors falling from the sky. Uh, salad fingers is one of my all-time favorites. Uh, if you don't know who salad uh, fingers is, uh, go and Google and prepare to be disturbed. Uh, yes, we have uh, lots of lots of different visitors. They're called visitors. Um, so we have um, like Ripley, uh, Freeman. Uh, we have. Ghostbusters, we have the Terminator, all sorts. Um, so yes, we do have those. And uh, you can control the lights as well by hex codes. Um, we have other weird stuff. Yes, there's, there's types of rain or snow or, yeah, as we said, severed, severed dog heads. Um, yes. Uh, so there's lots of crazy stuff going on in there, which makes my machine work really hard. That that was quite funny. I I have an absolutely. I'm trying to see and think of this a, a polite way to say this. Um, phenomenal PC. <laughs> think, like, everything I was saying was like, can I say that live? Can I say that? No, Layla, just just air on. I have a very powerful PC. A uh, BMAF I, PC, right? Yes, yes. And uh, it, it's overkill, but it works really hard when I'm streaming. Uh, I, have, so... I have a nice machine and I'm jealous. Let's just say that. <laughs> uh, and it just, it sits there. It's in a new box now, so I can actually look at the insides of it from where I'm sat. I'm looking at it now, and it's all lit up and pulsing at me. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 pretty pretty awesome machine, but my room kicks it. It really struggles, um, as does uh, Zoom. But, you know, <laughs> everything else. I I had four instances. It, of Visual Studio open yesterday, and it was only the fifth one that caused the machine to crash. So I think that's pretty good. How many degrees Celsius does your room go up <laughs> when your machine turns oh. on? <laughs> I know. So it's it's 26 Celsius at the moment. So I think I worked that out to be about 79 Fs Fahrenheit. Weird, weird, non-linear weirdest weirdness that you have um and it will go up a good two degrees celsius sometimes three when the machine is really kicking it out that's i'm in a basement so technically i'm in a basement so i don't i don't have these uh heating cooling issues unless it's winter it's just frigid all the time uh so i welcome the extra heat in summer it doesn't sit too bad in here so it's uh so that that curtain there is tucked up into the window ledge because the blinds are down and the curtains are pulled over to try and block the heat because that's south facing um because the pollen is really high at the moment here like everything is coated in pollen yeah so i haven't got the windows open 
And um, instead I have this very sophisticated box with a Vax filter uh, covered in cling film, duct tape, big ducts going into it and all sorts of filters in my loft, AKA an attic with ducting coming from the roof through like the, you know, the house vents. And uh, then a, in the loft hatch, I have a hole cut so it blows filtered air, but the loft is hot. And so the air gets hot and it blows hot air in. So I've got a fan blowing cool air on me, trying to block out heat. But we have lovely filtered air in the whole entire house. So I think a little bit of warmth is, is good. Yeah. Uh, but I'm jealous of your basement. Yeah, it's it's nice. Uh, I, I enjoy the uh, cool temperatures year round. I do get light too, so it's a walkout. So it's not completely underground. It's like fifty percent underground. So. Uh, so you've got the cool wall with no lights, and I assume like earth behind it, and yeah. then you've got the daylight. So you've got the best of both worlds. You lucky devil. I did. I did get very lucky. So your your super powered PC uh, does does it get any gaming attention these days? So. I hate to say that we've got two of these PCs. Two of them? <laughs> All right, now you're just bragging. Okay. I tried not to brag about my basement office, the, the two PC so, thing. Jim has uh, more or less the same PC. And uh, he needs it for Unity development, for builds. Uh huh. So that, that was the reasoning there. And so he has that. And we have this. I'm in a three-story townhouse and we have an intricate system of cables that snake up through the stairs and are pegged to like the banisters and things like that so we don't trip and break our necks. Uh, so at, in the evening when we want to play games, we no longer use our old gaming machine, uh, which is that had a 1080 Ti in it. So it was pretty good for its day. Um, but That's what I have, by the way, or no, yeah, I have a I think it, This is a 1080 Ti. It's a really old card, but it's such a good card. It's still so performant and, and comparable today. Um, so that's, I don't know what we're going to do with that machine. Uh, so that is off to one side at the moment. And now we run this, I think it's like a 15 meter HDMI cable and USB from the TV in the living room through the stairs up and it can't reach mine. So it reaches Jim's PC uh, and he's across the hall. Um, and then we game off that. So mine doesn't really get that much gaming unless he's gaming with his friends online. And then I might come in and do some games in here. Usually pray, pray moon crash where you, you need to, your ears might bleed with the amount of swearing that comes out of, oh, out no. of my mouth. <laughs> I get very, very aggressive when I'm, uh, beating aliens. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, need, I need to see what it, what is the game about besides uh, beating so aliens. Is this first-person shooter type thing? Or? It is. Um, oh, so um, Prey is an awesome game. Uh, do you know the game studio Arcane? And they did Dishonored and Dishonored yes. 2. So they did Prey. And Prey is set on a space station 
and you wake up and I won't spoil it, but, you know, there's some things going on and there are some people running around this PlayStation and then there are these things and you, you don't know where the aliens are. Um, and it sends you into this neurotic wreck. It's very emergent. The whole thing is very emergent. There's so many different ways that you can solve things and get through to different places. Um, and it's just phenomenal. And you get to go outside the PlayStation looks and do gorgeous. space walks. Say again? I said it looks gorgeous. Like oh, the graphics stunning. look amazing. It is. I've, we've played it three times. Um, oh, wow. And I still... I love it. I could go and play it now. It's just so phenomenal. It's got great story, great gameplay. Um, and there's just these moments of peace and quiet where you can just wander around and look at stuff. And um, But it does make you a little bit neurotic about mugs and and chairs and, and waste paper baskets. So is this um, maybe on a, <clears throat> a parallel with something like Bioshock? I think it's better than Bioshock because Bioshock, <sighs> I love I love Bioshock underneath, but the, it was relentless. If you think back to Bioshock, those crazy people coming out, like screaming at you, you, you dispatch all of them. And then there'd be another wave and there'd be another wave and you couldn't clear an area. And that was my thing with Bioshock. Um, but that sort of sense of awe of wandering around and, and looking and exploring. Um, mm -hmm. I loved Bioshock, but I love Prey more. Um, I, uh, and then it has uh, I some... I will have to get this. I, I, I will recommend it. There's some DLCs. One of them I haven't played. It's Typhon Hunter. So the aliens are called Typhons. Um and that's an online one. And um, I've, I've only played that briefly. Uh, but my favorite DLC is called Moon Crash. So if you play it, you need to make sure that you get it with Moon Crash. And Moon Crash is a time loop. And that's what I play online. And um, you, you keep going. And what you do, you've got five characters. And what you do with... The first one, you, you choose which one you want to go with, and they each have very set skills. So one might be an engineer, and you can go and fix something and open a door or turn something on. And then when that engineer, when you, that, and, you, know, you eventually die, you, you get the next character, and that character can do something because of something the previous character did. There's this persistence, and oh, it's just amazing so hard so very hard but so addictive so apparently uh thindle and chat says this is on game pass which i have game pass. Uh, probably not probably the main game without the mm -hmm. dlcs so I'll, i believe you can still buy a dlc for a game pass game um wow it looks like i may be in luck this would have uh this would have been like a 40 50 purchase but i yes. think i have I have Game Pass already, so I'll go check that out. Both are free, Napalm says. Um, on, on Epic Games. until the end Oh, on the Epic. Month. I don't have Epic Game Pass. I have uh, Xbox Game Pass. So I'll have to, so, have to see. Mm, 
so it, it's really really good so um you you're you're feeling a little bit like too sniffly for this afternoon to work i hear is that right Ed? Uh, yeah the uh the sniffles are coming back really hard um yeah oh dear oopsies have, have some downtime yeah um, yeah Oh dear, what a pity. I yeah. can't think what you could do whilst you're you're getting the tissues out for your little sniffle. So, oh my wife, it's contagious, so I'll have to stay yeah, away from her. Yeah, I just have to stay in the in the basement. Just deliver food and water for the next quarantine. 36 basement. hours. Yes. Yeah. It sounds like a great plan. Um it, it is um Oh, so um, on Epic, there's no Game Pass. You just log in and get it for free. What? Uh, all right. I know they've done that before. I'm trying to remember what I got from them free last time. I've had something free from them. I can't yeah. remember what it was. And I think I just got it for free for the sake of getting it for free because now I can't remember what it was. Wow. Well, um, I definitely have to check this out, though. It sounds like an amazing game if it's better. It than is. And I'm always open for something being better than Bioshock. I just I, I find it very it hard has to believe that um, the decor of the space station is very reminiscent of Bioshock. It's got that sort of Art Deco feel, and it's an alternative um, history as well. Um, so Kennedy wasn't assassinated. So there's some re references oh. to that. It's really, it's absolutely stunning and so intricate. Um, and it just keeps blowing your mind. You keep coming through and discovering yet another thing that you didn't think they could possibly have thought to put in a game. And you're like, oh my goodness, they did that. So um, that Only would. Only it was VR. <sighs> yeah. I, I will still enjoy playing it, but VR has me hooked. Um, even yeah. though I haven't, I haven't had time or felt well enough to put that dang thing on. I do love my headset, which I looked at, and you guys cannot see or realize it's right behind me. I um, have a feeling that there was something for Prey with VR. There was something. Oh, no. It was Alien Isolation, I think. Oh, uh, that, that game was eh. I, I, I bought that and played through about halfway, I think, and just got bored. I loved it. Loved it. But then I'm a huge Alien fan. Um I'm a fan of Alien. That's why I bought it. And it just it wasn't fast paced enough for me, I guess. I just kept hiding from the alien and the alien would you know, chase it off, maybe. It just kind of was repetitive for me. Oh, once you get past that and then you get to the androids. Oh, I don't know if I got that, that far. I, I remember having a flamethrower uh, and it scared the alien away. Uh, yeah, yeah, there was there was androids. You had to like maneuver so they couldn't see you and things. Yeah, and then it gets worse. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, so Jim, um, I can't play that because um, on my own for too long because of my my hands and they get too fatigued and then I can't do much with my hands for a few days. Um, so how I get around being unable to use a controller that well because um, of my joints, uh, I, I direct Jim, my partner. He He's the controller and he's like right where do you want to go i want to go over there watch out for that oh that's coming out that's going to kill you no no not that way i don't know i didn't want to do that oh you ruined it now you have to restart go reload that last play you missed the secret and you can imagine he then starts to ignore me <laughs> can we just play the game we don't have to get 
every secret. I'm a completionist, um, and he's not so bothered. So mm. it can be frustrating to play with me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I have a ton of recommendations for VR games. Like I, I really got into that over the pandemic, um, and then uh, I had to take a break for a while. Like uh, just get you know, too busy with work. Um, we had uh, so many things just coming up. I've been working on a workshop for Manning. Uh, yeah. They call them live projects. So it's like no time for VR. And then like I'm starting to get time again. But now you just showed me a game that's not VR. So I'm going to have to check that out first. I definitely would play Prey. And then if you haven't already for VR, um, L.A. Noir is has been converted to VR. I haven't, I haven't played it, but I played L.A. Noir when it came out, and that was a fantastic game. It's uh, from Rockstar, and it's set in 1930s gangster-ridden L.A. So it's Grand Theft Auto, but you are a police detective. Uh, so you have to solve crimes and, and hunt down gangsters, and it, it's truly fantastic, and it's on VR. One of my favorites is... Uh... Trover Saves the Universe. Oh, I don't know. Um, this is by the creators of Rick and Morty. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, you would think like a game that comes out of that camp is, is going to be like a quick, you know, uh, just make some money on the brand type of thing. But it's actually a really detailed platformer. So if you think of like Super Mario 64... It's like on that level, but it's in VR, which is weird because you go into VR and then you end up being um, a character that's in a chair and you, you're sitting and then that character has a controller that you're controlling um, another being in the same universe with. So it's like this very like weird meta thing and it's hilarious. <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious. Um, but it's got a lot of depth to it. And like you said, the completionist thing, there are a lot of um, little bonus things that you can find. Uh, and and it, it tracks like Trover Saves the Universe. By the way, this is very not work friendly. So uh, be careful <laughs> who you share. <laughs> who you share that with in, uh, you know, it is by the bakers of Rick and Morty. So that um, should be warning enough. <laughs> yeah. The trailer alone will will drop like half a million f bombs. So be careful. Oh, okay. <laughs> bringing it up on like online, like I would not bring this trailer up on my show, but uh, I will just you know give it a shout out for those who are fans <laughs> of uh, of the the show that is in a fantastic game that is in um kind of the same universes uh, Rick and Morty would be, but it they you'll recognize a lot of familiar voices and things in right. a lot of the characters. Um, even especially if you've watched solar opposites, uh, there's, there's a lot of voice characters from that as well. So it is, it is an absolutely fun and entertaining and hilarious game, especially if you like dark humor and puns and just goofiness. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. So the problem with VR is that Jim and I, um, play games together for entertainment and it's like i can't watch the vr stuff 
It just doesn't doesn't work. It's like here's the game this big and he's whipping his head around and it's not the yeah. same. Um, or if he's watching me. So uh, it's it's not quite the same. It's quite entertaining to watch someone playing VR when they're yeah. sort of crawling around on the floor. I got my mom to play the opening scenes of Half-Life Alex, where you're, oh, you're in really? that rooftop conservatory looking around. Um, and I got some great footage of her sort of just like, oh, wow. She, she's uh, My mother is a bit claustrophobic and isn't very good in lifts. And you know, right at the beginning um, of that, you get into the lift and you go down. Um, she was really like quite scared in the lift, I had to sort of put my hand on her and just say, it's not real, you're fine, you're in you're in the office here. Because she was so immersed that her fear rode up from being in the lift. So it's fascinating uh, to see how people react, especially in the older some, generation. I have some interesting VR stories. I won't share them here. But... Uh, <laughs> Are these ones you've shared with me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you, you know where I'm going with that, and I won't go yeah. there. Right now, uh, one of them though, uh, I was playing Half Life Half Life Alex, and uh, <clears throat> we're we're in the hotel. Or I'm in the hotel, and there's like the head crabs everywhere. It's dark. Yeah. You're expecting zombies out of every corner, and um, I I'm, I walk up to this door and I hear the door like latch like jiggle, and I'm like, All right, there's a zombie on the other side of the door. So something you can do in the game is you can reach your hand up and put it on the door handle, turn the latch. You've got your pistol in your right hand or your dominant hand, and you can swing the door open and go in, you know, gun drawn. So I'm getting ready to do that. And I hear the door handle jiggle again. And it kind of clicks in my mind, like the entire game so far, like zombies haven't really interacted with door handles. Like something's, something's amiss. Like these two things don't add up. And like, this is getting a little too realistic for me. So I grab the the headset and I just kind of peek like this and I'm standing at my back door and my daughter's on the other side trying to get in and she's rattling the door handle and I'm standing in front of her with a VR headset on like she could see me through the glass and I can't see her and she's just like really dad like (laughs) this is my dad oh my goodness help me please I don't know this man Like I was trying to get in. You're just standing there. I'm like, I thought you were in the game with me. Sorry. I thought you were a zombie. I was, about to, I was about to like blow your virtual head off. Yeah. <laughs> Weird things happen in VR. That's all I can say. Weird things happen. Yeah. Things uh, cross your do. mind that you never thought you'd have crossed your mind. So. <laughs> Enough said, Ed. Enough said. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be, people are going to be like, you're going to have to tell this story and you don't nope, want to. I'm going to do it. let you figure it out yourself. But uh, I think uh, with that said, we should probably wrap things up. It's been absolutely fantastic talking to you. Um, it's been all the an time. absolute joy talking to you, Ed. It's been, we haven't caught up recently, so this has been a pleasure. For sure. And where can we find more out about yourself and the projects you're working on? Before we go? Uh, Layla.dev. Uh, you can come find stuff about there. I need to update my appearances on there. Uh, But Layla.dev has all the links to wherever you can find me on the interweb. Uh, So that's a really good place to start. Um, Or Layla codes it on most places other than GitHub. 
Uh, so yeah, pretty pretty easy to find. There's not that many Layla's in tech. So, and if there are, this is the only one that matters. This one <laughs> here. <laughs> Excellent. So uh, thank you again for joining me. And uh, it's always fantastic talking to you. And I can't wait to see you at DevReach. Yay! Uh, I, wish, I wish you well. And everybody that came to uh, watch the show live, thank you very much. Uh, I will post this up on the uh, podcast stream uh, on, um, oh, shoot, I can't remember the name of the service. Oh, SoundCloud. That's right. It's been a while. <laughs> Jeez. I just looked at it yesterday. SoundCloud. Um, so uh, one of the reasons I decided to, to start doing these again, other than the fact that they're fun, I get to talk to people like you, is the fact that I looked at my SoundCloud and not having put a podcast on there in I think like two years, I, I was expecting tumbleweeds and crickets. And instead, I was still getting like 100 views a day. And oh that's my goodness. Just absolutely impressive for something that has had no attention from me uh, in quite some time. And I, I feel like I need to, to start doing this again. So keep this up so thank you all bye bye bye